MSW Media. Thanks to Tomboy X for supporting Daily Beans. Tomboy X makes brazenly unapologetic underwear for all bodies, all shapes, all genders, and all sizes. Really, all sizes. Discover your inner tomboy and let us get you started with a special discount. Go to TomboyX.com and enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, for an extra 20% off. Hello and welcome to the Daily Means for Monday, September 5th, 2022. Today, the Fulton County District Attorney is seeking testimony from Boris Epstein. The FBI executed a search warrant for properties of Victor Vexelberg in New York and Florida. A federal judge shoots down Steve Bannon's motions to dismiss his contempt conviction. The Department of Veterans Affairs modifies its policy to perform abortions. The 1-6 committee abandons its lawsuit to get RNC data from Salesforce. Trump's latest defense for stealing national security secrets and lying about it is that he was using them for his presidential library. (laughs) And although we don't have a ruling on the special master hearing, I did get a copy of the transcript. And boy, howdy, is it stupid. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana's home. I'm home. I missed you so much. I missed the beans, listeners. It's good to be back in the United States. Sorta. Iceland is pretty incredible. (laughs) And there's not complete fuckery over there. And there's gender equality and there's no pay gap. So there's some things that I'm going to miss and the waterfalls. But it's good to be home. I'm, I'm happy to see you. And Bjork and Sigur Rós. I mean, oh. some of my favorite musicians are from there. So good. And, so uh, good. I've been following your your social media posts with all the photos. Absolutely incredible. Just beautiful there. Iceland is amazing. I'm going back. Yeah. Yeah. I It's, it's on my bucket list. I've got to get to Reykjavik and some of the other places there. Everybody... I've noticed again that some some of the Daily Beans isn't popping up in people's feeds. Make sure, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, to go to apple.co slash beans and follow us there. And even if you are listening and you're getting it properly, follow us anyway. Just like the podcast on Apple at apple.co slash beans. Grab your MAGA uncle's phone and subscribe because (laughs) have all your friends do it. I want to beat the ambassador of dry ass pussy Ben Shapiro in the charts. Dana, while you were gone, we moved up to number five. Wait, I'm not going to take that personally, but that's awesome. (laughs) In in news and politics. And that's right ahead of, uh, oh, what's his name? Bongino? Bon Boing Boingo? Boingo Boingo? And one slot behind Dry Ass Pussy, Ben Shapiro. So please just go like us on at apple.co slash beans. I want to beat, <laughs> I just want to beat Ben Shapiro so bad. That's all I care about too. Yeah. You don't have to fully subscribe, just like. You don't have to listen, just like it. Uh, so we can knock him off the charts. And... A couple of quick stories here. The VA, Department of Veterans Affairs, where I worked for 12 years, has expanded their abortion access. They used to only give abortions in the case of life of the mother, but now they are including rape and incest. So if you are a veteran in Texas or somewhere else where they have, you know, have have put a big ban on abortions, you can, if it's a, a life of the mother, life of the veteran, I should say, rape or incest, the VA will has your back. So that's really, really important and amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm very glad that 
You know, I've been pushing for these policies after writing that op-ed in The Washington Post. Which was fantastic. Thank you. And it looks like they're they're taking some of I, they probably were doing this anyway, but, uh, you know, I, I hopefully they're taking some of my advice. <laughs> um, you know, my, I'm like, eh, it might not have been me, but I'm just glad they're doing it. And on the other side of that coin, it might have been. So let's just put weight there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and also Steve Bannon filed motions to dismiss his uh, two counts of misdemeanor contempt. And the judge laughed him out of court and said, you have no you have no power here. Be gone. <laughs> you have no power here. And and denied both of his motions. So Take that's it's you and your three shirts out of my courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your Qantas shirts have no power here. I love it. And something else that I covered on uh, Mueller She Wrote this weekend, which is now available to patrons. Uh, I'm doing Mueller She Wrote for patrons as bonus content, is that the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security raided Victor Vexelberg. And everybody who's listened to uh, Mueller, she wrote for a really long time and, and the Daily Beans a little bit back in 2019 or 2020 or so. will remember Victor Vexelberg. He gave about a million dollars all told to Trump PACs in the Trump inaugural. Um, he's he's associated with Rudy. He's he's got his fingerprints, his little Russian sanctioned fingerprints all over everything in the Trump uh, orbit. And they executed search warrants. And I don't know if this is his, because uh, the, they are investigating him. There is an, an investigation for bank fraud into him. But there's also, uh, it could be maybe, I don't know, maybe some of those documents from empty folders <laughs> showed up in his New York or Florida residence. Or maybe it has something to do with Rudy's Southern District of New York investigate. There's so many criminal investigations, it's hard to know which one they're searching him for. So that all happened. And if you want to be a patron and get Mueller, she wrote and this show, Daily Beans ad free, get the premium feed. It's like three bucks a month. You can do that at patreon.com slash Mueller, she wrote. It's less than a cup of coffee. It is. Or patreon.com slash the Daily Beans. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. Besides all that news that I just gave you, it was a big weekend. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up, Mueller investigation dilettante and Trump suckass Boris Epstein has been beckoned by Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis for testimony in her ongoing investigation into racketeering against Trump and Republican election deniers. Or more professionally put by law and crimes Adam Klasfeld, <laughs> he is a necessary and material witness to a special grand jury's investigation into attempts to subvert the 2020 election results in Georgia. That's what Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis said Friday. During his association with Sinclair Broadcast Group, Epstein's commentaries had been known as must-runs, disseminating the conglomerate's hard-right editorial views across its hundreds of local TV affiliates. He parted ways with Sinclair in 2019, then served as an advisor to Trump's campaign for re-election, so he's an abject failure in all aspects of being a human person. <laughs> in that capacity, Epstein made no secret of his role to attempt to overturn Trump's defeat in Georgia. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis noted this in a filing. The January 6th committee subpoenaed him pursuant to their investigation in a letter disclosing that he spoke to Trump on the morning of the attack of the Capitol. Earlier this year, Epstein even told MSNBC in an interview about his role in attempting to send a slate of false electors from the state to Congress, despite the fact that the former president lost there. Quote, yes, I was part of the process to make sure there were alternate electors for when, as we hoped, the challenges to the seated electors would be heard and would be successful. Part of the 12th Amendment and the Constitution and the Electoral Count Act. Epstein said incorrectly in a broadcast. <laughs> Epstein, who is also a lawyer, added that he acted under the leadership of Rudy Giuliani 
Well, that's what his first mistake was. <laughs> yeah, right. Who himself was compelled to appear before the grand jury and reportedly testified for six hours on August 17th. The DA's petition seeking his testimony spanned five pages, quotes from Epstein's comments on MSNBC. That's hilarious. The witness possesses unique knowledge concerning the logistics, planning and execution of efforts by the Trump campaign to submit fraudulent electors of vote to former Vice President Michael Pence, Michael, and others. (laughs) The DA's petition states the witness, this witness possesses unique knowledge concerning relevant communications between the witness, former President Trump, the Trump campaign and other known and unknown individuals involved in the multi-state coordinated effort to influence the results of the November 2020 election in Georgia and elsewhere. Finally, the witness's anticipated testimony is essential, it's fucking essential, and that it is likely to reveal additional sources of information regarding the subject of this investigation. Willis wants to schedule his testimony for September 21st at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Earlier on Friday, the DA sought testimony of Willie Lewis Floyd III, also known as Harrison Floyd, (laughs) former director of the group Blacks for Trump. I can't. Willis cited Floyd's interactions with Ruby Freeman, a Fulton County election worker who delivered emotional testimony during a dramatic January 6th committee hearing. I was there. It was really, really, uh, they were just two, two beautiful people, Shay Moss and Ruby Freeman, had their lives absolutely turned upside down. Harrison Floyd reportedly tried to persuade Freeman that she faced legal jeopardy, telling Reuters that he sought to arrange a meeting between her and an unidentified man whom he called a chaplain with federal law enforcement connections. Quote, according to Floyd, the purpose of the meeting was to discuss purported immunity deals with Ruby Freeman. That's what the DA's petition states. The witness then arranged for Trevian Cuddy, a purported publicist based in Chicago, Illinois, to meet with Freeman. Do you remember this? Do you remember it was Kanye's publicist? Yes. And we thought that we thought in that video they were saying Harrison Ford well, it's Harrison Floyd. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Although Michael Pence has to be what mother calls him. There's we, no other reason. Yeah. So Harrison Floyd, we, we called, we named the dog Indiana. So that's, that's who that was. That was we all thought good. Harrison Ford. That's uh, interesting. Okay. So anyway, that's that story. Big, big goings on in Georgia. All right. And we're going to the House Select Committee. So the investigation into the January 6th insurrection, it's dropping its subpoena against the Republican National Committee and Salesforce. That's a software vendor, and that's according to people familiar with this development. So counsel for Salesforce and the RNC were notified this week that the committee is formally withdrawing a subpoena issued earlier this year, seeking records from Salesforce on performance metrics and analytics related to email campaigns for the former guy and his election campaign and the RNC. And this is a direct quote, given the current state of its investigation, the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol has determined that it no longer has a need to pursue the specific information requested in the February 23rd, 2022 subpoena that it issued to Salesforce. Now, that was from House General Counsel, Douglas Letter. He wrote that in an email reviewed by the Washington Post, notifying the parties of the motion to dismiss the case. Now, the committee had previously argued that records from the RNC's fundraising platform, which is owned by Salesforce, were necessary to understand how the RNC's fundraising practices might have inspired some rioters to attack the Capitol on January 6th. So the move comes in the final days of Congress's August recess, which congressional investigators have spent following up on threads that emerged over the course of the investigation and tracking down new tips. Lawmakers on the panel are expected to resume public hearings this month. Now, committee investigators have remained focused on Trump's fundraising practices related to the claims 
that the election was stolen and have continued to interview Republican Party and Trump campaign officials about their fundraising tactics, said people familiar with the matter. So a panel of three federal appeals judges, they temporarily blocked the January 6th committee from obtaining the RNC records earlier this summer. Well, the temporary injunction came after the RNC appealed a federal judge's decision ordering Salesforce to comply with the subpoena. Now, this is an expected move, and the ends because the ends don't really justify the means for the committee. So they're like, we don't need that shit anymore. We're way past that. Yeah. And and not only that, it's like this is going to take another year in court. And, and you know, we want to wrap up our shit soon. So, yeah, fuck, fuck y'all. Of course, the Trumpers are calling it a huge win for justice. OK, mm-hmm. yeah, no, we just don't need your shit because we probably got it somewhere else and we don't care about you that much. It's like when you block somebody on Twitter and they're like, yeah, I got blocked by Mueller. She wrote I'm famous. And it's like, no, you're just annoying. Yep. You're just a gnat. <laughs> and we have a transcript from the special master hearing that happened on Thursday, though, as of the recording of this episode, there's no ruling yet from the Trump appointed judge Eileen Cannon in the Southern District of Florida. We couldn't get real time reports because she shut down the Wi-Fi, refused to let reporters tweet from inside the courtroom, refused to let people post on social media or even text message anyone outside so they could report on it. And I think it's because she was scared of looking stupid because she's a baby judge and she's just not that smart. This transcript reads like a law school lecture, by the way, except instead of the judge lecturing the lawyers, it's Jay Bratt, head of counterintelligence and espionage at the Department of Justice, teaching the judge about the law. And I'm not talking about counterespionage or counterintelligence law. I'm talking about basic fucking court rules. First, I want to let you know, Andrew and I are going to break this down in depth with all the legal nerdery on this Wednesday's Clean Up on Aisle 45 pod. But allow me to give you some of my favorite highlights, Dana. First up, right off the bat, Trump lawyer Jim Trusty admits that Donald is linked to the classified documents. He says, this is not a case about some Department of Defense staffer stuffing military secrets into a paper bag and sneaking out in the middle of the night. This is, as I say, presidential records in the hand of the 45th president of the United States. So thanks, Jim, for admitting that. He also referred to the Department of Justice's argument about standing, which is the concept that Donald has no claim in this court. He refers to that longstanding legal precedent, as argued by the Department of Justice, as newfangled legal theory. And that is, I to, see, I'm using that voice because in my head, <laughs> Jim Trusty is the lawyer in My Cousin Vinny, you know? Identical, that guy. So that's why I'm doing that voice. But anyway, it's like Donald told Jim Trusty what he wanted him to say, say that this, and, and, and Jim Trusty's like, that's got nothing to do, fine. And, and so now he's just trying to not embarrass himself too much. But it doesn't work out for him very well. Jay Bratt comes in and starts with the law lessons. First, he goes over jurisdiction and how this court has none because of inequitable behavior. And I did a whole thread on that, right? The ju- I thought they were going to do jurisdiction because if this was under the Presidential Records Act, you have to file in the D.C. District of Columbia District Court. And the jurisdiction, they argued, is you can't get relief legal relief if you broke the law. Meaning like, do you remember America? And I brought up this this example on America's Dumbest Criminals where the lady is in her front yard and she, she had a drug deal. She was selling crack or buying crack. I can't remember. But the dude ripped her off and took off. And so she flagged down some police officers and was like, can you help me get my crack money back? <laughs> and the cops are like, no, we can't no, lady. And that's what's happening here. Donald is trying to get the courts to get his crack money back. His, his, you know, his, <laughs> they're like, no, you broke the law 
So you can't seek legal relief under the law. He's so dumb. God. And that's that's when the Department of Justice said you can't in, inequitable behavior cannot lead to equitable relief. And I thought, like, dude, that's fucking the sickest quote ever. So anyway, Judge Cannon asked the question. Well, I just love that that he brought that up. That was like his first thing. He's like, no, there's no standing. There's no jurisdiction here. But then Judge Cannon asks a question because <laughs> Donald Trump's claims he's 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 claiming that his Fourth Amendment rights were violated. And the judge asks, but if you're talking about filing a claim under the Fourth Amendment, I'm unclear as to why we have to determine the proper ownership of these records. Because, you know, they're saying you can't try to claim something that you don't possess, like the crack money. So she's like, yeah, but why, why, why can't we do this under the Fourth Amendment? And Bratt says, well, two things, Your Honor. One, the reasonable expectation of privacy under the Fourth Amendment is overcome by the issuance of a warrant supported by probable cause. <laughs> That's one. But, you know, let's get to the meat of this. The sort of standing your honor is talking about is only available after there have been charges and you're seeking to suppress the fruits of a search. The sort of standing you have to have pre-indictment, which is where we are now, is set forth in Rule 41G. And whether you call it standing or jurisdiction, they do not have it here because the number one thing you must have to file under 41G is possessory interest. This has to be your stuff. And this isn't his stuff. <laughs> Just absolutely took her to school on really basic pleadings. You can't get your shit back if the shit isn't yours and you can't file a Fourth Amendment claim until you're charged. And even if you did, you'd fail because we had a fucking warrant. I'm paraphrasing. In Judge Cannon's world, warrants would be useless and you could sue to get shit back that never belonged to you in the first place. Then Bratt teaches the judge about the Ritchie factors, which are the four tests that you have to pass for to get your shit back to you, to get it returned to you under the Fourth Amendment. So now they're arguing hypotheticals because there haven't been any charges brought, so he can't even make a Fourth Amendment argument. But they're like, let's just say he did. Bratt goes through them. And one of the factors is that you have to show not getting your shit back will cause you irreparable harm. And Bratt says, we don't know what the injury here is with respect to the classified documents and other presidential records. They aren't his, especially the classified documents weren't being properly stored. And Trump lawyers never once have said what the irreparable harm would be. But putting all that aside, when the judge asked Jim Trusty what the irreparable harm would be, she's like, all right, Jim, what's the irreparable harm? You never brought it up in any of your filings and you haven't argued it here. He says, well, I can I characterize what the harm would be in some sort of precise way? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to forget the institutional harm of taking this radical approach that the department has taken. So I think it's literally kind of, literally kind of, okay, on a case building level that there's prejudice. But there is, I think, a broader historic concern belied by all the little moments of conduct by the DOJ, you know, challenges to standing and jurisdiction, filter team, blah, blah, that there is something here to be looked at. And frankly, I continue to be astounded. Uh astounded by the fact that the Department of Justice can't accept that. They can't accept even just a little bit of judicial involvement in a historic and outrageous and equitable scenario. So, Dana, his argument... Now, when I hear shit like this, what goes through my head is, maybe I could pass the bar exam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's go take it. <laughs> his argument here, sure, they have the law and the facts on their side, whatever, blah, blah, laws and facts. But I mean, can't we just ignore that and have a special master anyhow because of the weird feelings I have about how unfair this is, even though I can't argue why it's unfair? <laughs> <sighs> but that's not even my favorite part. My favorite part is where Jim Trusty raises 
the one fact he thinks taints the whole Department of Justice filter team. That was the on-site team trying to go through stuff to make sure it wasn't attorney-client privileged and why he needs a special master. He needs somebody outside of the Department of Justice. And so he argues that it's a conflict of interest because one of the members of the filter team works in the same Department of Justice unit as Jay Bratt, who is the fucking head of the counterintelligence unit at the Department of Justice. And so his team would be the only team that would have clearance to look at this shit, but whatever. So that's why he needs to get a special master because you can't trust the DOJ and anybody working for Jay Bratt is working for the commies or whatever the fuck. So he's like, there's just a huge conflict of interest, Judge, and that's why we need a special master. And then right after that, he suggests himself to be special master, as if that doesn't present a huge conflict of interest. (laughs) Just an astounding shit show of clown law from the Trump side. Again, there's a lot more in there, and Andrew and I will cover it Wednesday on Clean Up on All 45, and we'll let you know here on The Beans what that judge decides. And here we go, everyone. A central question surrounding the records the former president took from the White House and stored at Mar-a-Lago is why was he keeping reams of government documents and classified material? Why would he have done this? Now, the criminal investigation now underway has elicited few answers so far. However, a lawyer for Trump, quote, offered no explanation as to why boxes of government records were being kept at the former president's estate. And that's the Justice Department wrote in a court filing last week. But Trump himself invoked something that advisors say has rarely come up. His library, which is... (laughs) The first laughable part in this fucking story. At the tail end of August 22nd statement, Trump suggests that the records seized from Mar-a-Lago were bound for inclusion in a future Donald J. Trump presidential library and museum. Now, the Justice Department's more detailed inventory of the documents unsealed Friday showed that Trump had held on to more than 10,000 government records, apart from those with classified markings. Now, that he was keeping any at all confounds former National Archives and Records Administration officials who said that the material belonged to the U.S. government. No matter what Trump believes, it's not his shit and should have been turned over the moment he left office. Now, for Trump world, a library has been little more than an afterthought. Six past and present advisors have said this, and there's a reason why. As an ex-president bent, hell-bent on being the future president, Trump hasn't wanted to leave an impression that his focus has shifted to his legacy. Legacy. Because that's what the library would be. Okay. Erecting a library. Erecting. I can't talk about stories about Trump. Okay. Erecting a library at this point would be the political equivalent of basically building a mausoleum, a sign that his career in elected politics was dead. That's what some people that are close to him are saying. So... The fact that this conversation has even happened. Now, advisors describe discussions about a Trump presidential library over the years as off and on. One ex-advisor recalled looking at Florida property maps during meetings in the small White House dining room near the Oval Office. A longtime Trump advisor said that Trump allies were, quote, scouting locations in the Palm Beach area. And of course, we know that's where Mar-a-Lago is. Now, a joke among those involved in the planning was that they would put the library in Greenland. In Greenland, the I remember when Trump was talking about buying this midway through his term. Do you want me to send you back to where you were? Unemployed in Greenland. In Greenland. <laughs> Unemployed. In Greenland. All right. Hopeless. Hopeless. Brainless. Friendless. <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think it means. In Trump's plan. If his plan was to route the records to a future library, let's say for some fucking reason this was his plan, 
He went about it the wrong way, and that's what former National Archives officials have definitely said. All he needed to do is what he was supposed to have done in the fucking first place. Give every presidential record back to the United States government upon leaving office, as the Presidential Records Act of 1978 requires him to do. Once his library was up and running, because <laughs> no one's going to build that fucking thing because they know they're not getting paid, he could then have gone to the National Archives and asked for a loan, a loan of documents he wanted to exhibit. And we know how good he is with loans. He's just not good at paying them back. So maybe the National Archives would have said, fuck no, you're not going to give these back to us. Anyway, a lot of past presidents have done this. Former President Barack Obama's presidential library, for example, expects to display his speeches and the gifts he received over his two terms, all loaned to him by the National Archives that will have to be given back at some point. Robert Clark, a former National Archives official at the Franklin D. Roosevelt Library in Hyde Park, New York, said every president was entitled to build a library. He said, but there is a process. He can't just store this stuff in his garage until the library gets built. That's just not how it works. And there's a point in all of this. He wouldn't even be able to display half of this classified information in the public library <laughs> at all. You don't get to display classified documents, you jackass. Look at my tremendous list of spies. And look at them. Look at them. Uh, some of them aren't still alive, but look at them. They're here. Many have said it's tremendous. Oh, dumbest yeah, and spy. and sometimes you don't even have to give those back. Like the, those those documents probably be in Obama's library forever, but sure. they're they're still like on loan, like still belong to the archives, and they're not in his desk drawer, and they're not classified. Anyway, it's just the dumbest argument. He's also not taking notes on them in crayon or whatever he's doing. <laughs> That's right. a sharpie notes in the margins. All right, that is the news for today. Uh, we will be right back after this quick break with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right. All right. New favorite sponsor. I absolutely love Tomboy X. I always found it difficult to find underwear that looks and feels right on my specific body because I am high waisted and long legged and I got some little jiggly parts. And, you know, I've been waiting for someone to design authentic underwear for strong, independent types. And guess what? Tomboy X did it. They created underwear that makes me feel like, yeah, this underwear doesn't just fit me. It gets me. The pair I'm wearing right now is phenomenal. I also have some of their bralettes. It's comfortable, fits perfectly. Um, it doesn't pinch. It, it's, it, it doesn't slide. It doesn't hurt my, the straps don't hurt my shoulders. I absolutely love it. Tomboy X has been making brazenly unapologetic underwear for all bodies, all shapes, all genders, and all sizes from boxer briefs, to, which are my favorite actually, to bikinis and boy shorts, to bras. Every pair of Tomboy X is created to fit you and how you see yourself. And they've expanded beyond underwear too. Each product is built on values of quality fit and inclusivity, and they pay attention to every detail. They really, really do. I absolutely love Tomboy X. I'm so glad they're back as a sponsor. Wherever you fall on your size, shape, or this is me spectrum, Tomboy X is the underwear your body will love. And with their love at first wear guarantee, you can order risk-free while you find your perfect fit. I also use their activewear when I work out. They have this peak low impact bra that fits me perfectly and does everything a good sports bra is supposed to do with the ladies. It's absolutely my favorite. Discover your inner tomboy and let me get you started with my special discount. Go to tomboyx.com and enter code DAILYBEANS, all one word, to get an extra 20% off. That's a brilliant, amazing discount. An extra 20% off when you enter DAILYBEANS at tomboyx.com. That's tomboyx.com. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And as you know, I've had my Helix mattress for a long time now. It's been amazing. I get the best night's sleep ever. And it's all because I'm using a mattress customized for the way I sleep. 
Uh, Helix Sleep has a stellar lineup. They have 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury mattresses. Uh, They have one for big and tall sleepers. They even have a mattress made just for kids. They have something for everyone. And you can find the perfect one for you by taking the quick two-minute online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. They'll even ship it right to your door free of charge. You get 100 sleeps to try it risk-free. And if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return it for a full refund. They'll even come and pick it up. I took the quiz and I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper and I prefer a medium firm mattress. And it's the best mattress I've ever owned. It was incredibly easy to put together. Anybody could do it. It came really fast in the mail. And every Helix mattress has a hybrid design. They combine individually wrapped steel coils for that premium support with top of the line foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. And Helix mattresses are American made and they come with a 10 or a 15 year warranty depending on the model. And right now they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders at Helix and two free pillows for listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash daily beans. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, anything you want to send us, Halloween photos, it's almost Halloween again, might as well dust them off. I, I want to know what you're going to be for Halloween. You can send that in. If you're if you run in a small business, you want to shout out, let us know. If you're creating something and you want to share it, you can send it in to us. All of that at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. That's how you get it to us. Quick housekeeping note, we've sold a bunch of shirts and the shirts have the five crimes on them, 371, 1519. You know, all the 2071, 1512 C2, and 793, all the crimes that courts of law and, and the DOJ has said he is more likely than not committed or at least probable cause. And the the money is going to the midterm elections. But our third party vendor sent everyone a size small, despite what size you ordered. I just want to let you know we are proactively getting the right size out to you. So you get to get those small shirts for free. And, uh, you know, I've asked folks to send in photos of those small shirts on their dogs. I would like, <laughs> I, would like I mean, or their child and people be like, what is that? And you can say that's new math. Yeah, that's what that is. That's new Common Core. What does all that equal? Uh, about 25 years to life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So again, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Send us your stuff. First up from anonymous, no pronouns. Good morning to all. As a 75-year-old retired educator, thank you for your service, an independent who leans left most of the time, and who also coached mock trial to uh, middle school and high school students. Dude, I had the funnest time doing mock trial. I was so Perry Mason. So enjoyed your analyses, especially those last couple of weeks. I found your podcast in the early days of Mueller, she wrote, after trying to reason and calm down with my 95-year-old Texas mother, staunch Republican and Fox News watcher, who was in a panic about the possibility of the 2018 caravans camping by... Her little central Texas village. Thing. I'm writing today after listening to your Wednesday show. So appreciated the explanations of each point of the DOJ's reply. As a night owl myself, I waited for the DOJ response to drop, but couldn't get through it all. And was trying to make sense at the, that late hour. I just thought, oh, shit, I'll just wait until the morning and let AG explain it. So as I listened to you and saw a photo of the documents, I kept thinking, lock him up. Then today, Alice's good news about the former guy possible punishments. I thought I would provide some visuals on where he could spend his last days. Photos taken on the photography trip to the Badlands in South Dakota. Look at these jail cells. I love this. These are kind of cool looking. They are very cool. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in there. I mean, no. (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) 
Dude, look at that cot. Ugh. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that. These pictures are awesome. All right. Yeah. Next up, we've got Andrew, pronouns she and her. Congratulations on finally getting verified, Dr. G. It was about fucking time. For more good news, I'm finally a patron of The Beans. I had to. Thank you so much for everything you and the team do. Also, thank you for the very pleasant surprise of Peter Strzok's voice this morning. Swoon. I hope you're taking care of you and keeping yourself hydrated. It's hotter than the devil's butt crack, so staying hydrated is super important. Here's my pet tax. The kitty isn't mine. She just decided to come visit with me one day, and now she's over my mom's patio. Then there's Valkyrie, my doggy niece, wondering where her treats are. Where the hell are my treats? Oh. And Audrey, uh, or Andre, Andre, I think we, I think we've already seen these pets, but I don't care. Look at them again. They're Look so at those sweet. ears. I yeah. I remember it. saying those ears could pick up classified information from Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's uh, just, uh, you know, Hey, repeats are fine with me from Matt B pronouns. He and him. Hey, beans, Queens love the show and the content. I wanted to share two things. The first is my 18 month old English Mastiff Butterbean. Okay. So that's got to be a handful, an 18-month-old Mastiff. We named her for the little brown lima beans so popular in the South. She was a little brown wrinkly puppy who looked Aww. just like a chubby butter bean. She's 125 pounds of drooly lapdog love. I lost my job in 2020 and went through some stuff. To help me cope, I got beans. She's our third dog. The other two are Lab Mastiff Cross Finn and a toothless golden retriever who dropped out of service dog training named Clover. Oh, look at oh this puppy. Oh, my God. <gasps> and now look at this doggo. Oh. It's Hooch from Turner and Hooch. I know. And look at the sand. nose. And I know. Sand on the nose. Uh, so good. So that good. That wrinkly little butter bean, though, is adorable. It sure I want is. To, I want to smell the puppy breath. Butter bean. All right. Mm. Thank you so much for that. We're moving on to Jesse, pronouns she and her. I'm writing from Vermont, where I'm a copy editor who has the luxury of working from home. One of the attached photos is not unusual for my workday. I'm sitting on the back porch with my laptop, and one of the chickens is checking in to see if I'm staying on task. Oh, good, she's, one of our, she's one of four hens we liberated from a factory egg farm. Instead of living in the cramped cages or in a huge crowded warehouse, she and her buddies get to free range in our property and peck for bugs and live their best lives. Their eggs are fantastic. This hen in particular, Monique, is a character. <laughs> she frequently sneaks into the house if we leave the sliding screen door open even for a minute. Now, outside of work, I'm longtime local humor columnist. That's awesome. Oh my God, that's I've so cool. I've won some regional awards, been published in a few magazines, and even produced some short plays, comedies, of course. A couple of months ago, I launched a website to try to get more exposure from my column, which covers everything except politics. That's your job. From how I got attacked, oh my God, by a burdock bush, a burdock, a burdock bush? Mm-hmm. By a burdock bush while stacking firewood to how super hot actress Megan Fox and I both have very ugly thumbs. I hope <laughs> listeners will check out, it's called Jesse with I-E, Jesse Ray, R-A-Y, Raymond. So jessieraymond.com. That's Jesse with an I-E, Raymond.com. And decide for yourselves if the bumper sticker is true. What happens in Vermont stays in Vermont, but not much happens here. (laughs) That's funny. Again, thank you for your work. You are a national treasure and have kept me sane over the past few years. And there is the chicken. There's Monique. There's Monique. Dude, I'm in love with Monique. Right? Does Monique sit in your lap? I love lap chickens, Jesse. So damn cute. And I'm going to check out Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, jessieraymond.com. That's going to be cool. Thank you for that. Next up from Carolyn, she and her. 
Good news. First of all, thanks to AG for all of your faith that F-boy POTUS, <laughs> that's FAPOTUS, can and will go down. I have hopes that the wheels of justice will finally reach that <clears throat> individual. I'm so hopeful that something might finally happen. My good news involves my daughter. We have struggled for so long with her mental health. She's never quite fit in as a girl and identifies as gender fluid. Last year was so fucking hard. But second semester of her sophomore year, she doubled down on her interest in musical theater and traded her planned AP psych class for musical theater. As a junior, she's now all in and just auditioned for two first semester plays. One is a musical and one's a regular play. My dearest child who struggles with social anxiety got a callback for both. Yes. I'm so proud of her, whether she's cast or not. She put in a lot of time for her song and monologue. Fingers crossed she gets the role. Please wish my Ellie luck. For tax, I leave you a cornucopia. Number one, Ellie expressing her love for me by singing Hamilton in L.A. Number two, Ellie's little brother, who is now 10. Number three, our happy place, an off-the-grid dive resort in Indonesia, which has done amazing things to increase diversity in its little pocket of geography. That's Ellie's little brother about five years ago. Oh, Oh, look, double barrel middle fingers. Excellent. Yeah. I already love Ellie. Oh, my God, the baby. (gasps) Go, go. Oh, look how beautiful that is. That last picture is so very sweet. It really is beautiful. Oh, man. Hey, and you know what? Part or not that she got callbacks. Heck yeah. Is is fucking fantastic. Or I once they. got a callback for Stomp and I tell everybody that. <laughs> I've gotten so many callbacks and, you know, whatever. I'm not a hollaback girl, I guess. So I just, I I never get cast, but you know, here I am. So it's just getting the call back is great. So I'm so very proud of Ellie and and you and and this, what a cool little family. Thank you for sharing that. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. That is it. That's the good news. If you have good news, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact. If you want to be a patron for, uh, you get this ad free, you get to hear the Militia Red episodes and you get to see, by the way, the full unedited interview of 30 minutes long with me and Pete Strzok. Nice. Actually, no, it's about an hour. The full, with the bloopers and everything, we left them in. It's, it's pretty great. It's, I, that to me is worth the three bucks, honestly. <laughs> so check it out. And you can do that at patreon.com slash wrote or patreon.com slash the daily beans. Thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter at wrote. Follow Dana at DG Comedy because you must. It is such, it's one of my favorite Twitter feeds, my friend. You're one of my favorite Twitter feeds. I've been a little bit sparse lately, but now that I'm back in the States and I'm paying attention more, ready to go. <laughs> I'm so, so glad you're home. I missed you so much. I Thank you so you. much. Are you kidding? Thanks Any for final? saving my spot. No final thoughts today. All right. Well, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>